0: Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, halfback, flat, on to, ready, button. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! <laughs> Closing time for the preseason. Saturday night. Thank God. Michael Bumpus... We're about to see, hopefully, some starters in tomorrow night's game. I don't know how much we actually expect to see them, especially with what happened to Ben burke and John Ursua last Saturday. What should we be looking for, and what do you think is going to qualify as a successful night for the Seahawks?
1: What should we be looking for? We should be looking for little things, all right, getting in and out the huddle, right? This is a dress rehearsal, getting in and out the huddle, Efficiency on third down. Flow of the game. Are they going to speed the tempo up? Are they going to slow it down? Um, Concepts. Are we going to see these crossing routes? Are we going to see this quick game? People getting out healthy. Communication, right? It just has to feel like the first team is out there. It has to flow. Now, you might not go on a 10-play, 82-yard drive. I just want to see one or two third downs picked up. I just want to see an offense that looks like it's clicking and everyone's in the right spot. I want to see a quarterback that's protected and getting the ball out of his hands quickly. I want to see one or two runs by number 32, lower the shoulder, lower the boom so I'm like, "Look, I'm healthy, I'm in shape, I'm ready to go." I just want to see glim- glimmers of hope from this offense. And I don't want to put too much on it because we know we're only going to see these guys for a series or two if we're lucky. But after what we've seen the last two weeks, 10 points by this offense, we understand that it's twos or threes. You've got to give the people something to believe in at this point because I know that people are putting so much into these preseason games. They're uh, they're going crazy right now. The Northwest is going crazy. So give them something to ease them, right? Just, just look smooth, look efficient, and uh, get those guys in and out quickly. They're not going to be there for long. I don't care about the score. It's all about looks, right? you got to look in the mirror. It's about vanity right now. It's all about looks when it comes to this offense.
2: I'm not sure if we'll see Travis Homer. He's been practicing this week. He was activated from the physically unable to perform. Usually they have a week of practice before, but to me, the guys with the most to gain here are the backup running backs. Homer, if he plays, Rashad Penny, and then DJ Dallas. And specifically, I saw a report yesterday that Rashad Penny, Greg Rosenthal, who's our friend at the NFL Network, said I, I could see him being traded. I was like, I don't see a scenario where Rashad Penny gets traded. Because I don't know who you're going to have to cut that you want to keep for him. And his value, like, what's he going to fetch, a seventh-round pick? What, what, what are you going to get? For- no, like, the value of having him as a backup running back. But those, those three guys are going to all be competing for opportunities behind Carson.
1: Yeah, I don't see Rashad Penny being traded, simply because of the things that you just said. What are you gonna get for this guy at this point? I think you got you got to ride with him. You got to give him this last opportunity. Everyone knows that this is his last go around. He needs to show that he can make it 12 to 14 games and he can rush for 300 to 400 yards and be a, a good backup. And I think he did, he should get a lot more reps this this game too. I think it should be him, Alex Collins, and, and DJ in the rotation. DJ has done more than Penny at this point, so maybe you you tell DJ to chill, man. We're, we're gonna use it in a kick return game. We know that you make this football team. As Penny has to show that he can take a hit. That's what it's all about. And um it's big for him, man. So if you want something to look at. Let's watch Rashad Penny, and let's see how he performs. The
0: big thing for him, he's got that explosive second gear, or at least we hope he still has that explosive second gear. And we saw it in that game against Philadelphia where he had that big touchdown run, what was it, 60 yards or something like that. Yeah. I'm hoping that we see something like that. But I'm not expecting it at this point, which is a bummer. I I feel for him. I mean, it's not his fault he tore his ACL, and it seemed like he was finally figuring it out right before he did.
1: Got to feed him. Set him up. Give him a screen or something like that. Try to get him in space, and I think he needs to feel that too. And I think he wants that. He's a competitor. End of the day, he's here to compete. I think he wants the opportunities. Let's just see what he does with it because DJ Dallas is looking good.
0: Say it to you, DJ Dallas. There we go.
1: Question two. The
0: Texans wanted it.
2: Nobody wanted that.
0: No, seriously, someone texted in. I guess we're taking requests now.
2: Is there a matchup in Saturday's game that we should be watching?
1: Matchups all across the board. Now, I'm talking about matchups within with the Seahawks, the mm-hmm. cornerback matchup. You see what the linebackers are going to do, um, that defensive line, what receivers are going to step up. But we got two coordinators, man, who used to coach with each other last year. You got Staley and Waldron. You got Staley, first-time head coach with the Chargers. He's a defensive guy, had the number one defense in the league last year. You got Waldron, who's bringing this – This offense to Seattle, that's supposed to change the game. Now, I know you don't game plan for preseason, but these dudes got to throw a little something in there for each other. They got to know, Walden has to be telling these guys, look, this is what to expect in this situation. And Staley has to be telling his boys, look, this is what they like to do. So this is a preseason game, but if these guys are the alphas that I think they are, because you are NFL coaches, you've made it this far, you got to have a little something-something for your boy on the other side of the ball. So I just want to see how they approach this game. What are they going to throw out there? How, how are they going to perform? I'm, I'm interested. I really want to see these cornerbacks do something that makes me feel a little more confident
0: in them going into the year because every single day, Bump, I am growing less and less confident in the group. Part of it has to do with the Trey Brown injury. Part of it has to do with the fact that they felt the need to trade for John Reed. I don't know what really can be done in a game like this to make me feel a whole lot better outside of an interception, but you know the interception that we saw in in preseason game number one—that just came on a really dumb throw by Nathan Peterman, who was under pressure. So, I, I, I guess, what do you think could perhaps ease my concern about the cornerback position in this game that isn't a real game and isn't going to likely have the jazzy offensive schemes that we so want to see?
1: passes defended. I think if you see corners get their hands on the football and bat it down, you might feel a bit better. I think that if you see a corner squeeze a receiver to the sideline and the quarterback throws it out of bounds and they give that get that out of here, hand gesture that they like to do, you (laughs) might feel better. I think if you see a corner come up in the flats and and hit a running back or or hit a tight end going out to the sideline, you might feel better. You're right. We've been underwhelmed when it comes to the play of the corner so far. And um, I feel your concern I think they're going to be okay. I just don't expect the corners to be a strong point of this football team. So that's the way I look at it. I'm like, look, the D-line is going to have to create pressure to help these corners out. The safeties are going to be good to go. So, yeah, you just want to see these guys get their hands on the football. That's something we haven't seen in in the preseason game, but we've seen it all throughout camp. they got to make the transition to when the lights are on.
0: You mentioned something that I think wide receivers must absolutely hate. Defensive backs that jump up. And make the incompletion dance, especially when I would say a good seventy percent of the time they did absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, you know you got those DBs, man. You know they get they get torched so much and get roasted so much in the media. I guess they got to take every opportunity they 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 can get to show that they did something. It gets annoying, but as an athlete, you got to trick yourself, right? Anything you have you can do to make yourself believe you're making plays, go for it, DBs. That's what they do.
2: Let me ask you one question. We, we always talk to you about your playing career, but you coached. Did you ever go up against uh, somebody you had served on a staff with or have been on your staff and where you had a little something for them? You're like, yeah, I, I got a little something for your defense right here.
1: Yeah, so my um my second year at Monroe, we played uh-huh. Snohomish. I coached at Snohomish, and uh, – the head coach over there You know In Snohomish Monroe That's a big rivalry Yeah Seven miles away It gets crazy out there And some of their players Were, were talking to my kids And, and it, it got nasty out there So I lit that scoreboard Up on them I'm like Alright <laughs> Yes I get it It's like 50 something to 6 Sorry Snohomish I love y'all Snohomish But I had to do it
0: No you care about High school uh, rivalries then If you're gonna run it up That's great
1: I mean I ran it up To the third quarter You know And then I set I my dogs down And put JV in there <laughs> You know who made his high school coaching
2: debut last night? Who? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers did. I forgot. He looked, afterward, he looked awesome. It looks like he is born for that job. Like I've always found Rivers kind of annoying, about how much he talks, and maybe it's that I know he doesn't curse, so I just think that he must be a, a more um, a better person than me. So I resent that because I'm a dark on the inside kind of kind of soul. But him talking <laughs> about the importance of high school football was really cool.
1: Yeah, man, he talked about, man, he said there was one point he looked around, he saw his kids on the sideline, he saw his brother calling plays, his dad and mom were in the stands. I mean, that is what's so special about high school football is that it's family, man. Everybody is there, and um, you make a great impact on these young men. So that's why it's so rewarding. That's why I coached for 10 years, man. I just couldn't get away from the game because it's so awesome seeing a kid who made maybe five plays in a varsity game, come back years later and just talk about, you know, what you meant to their lives. So Philip Rivers, man, he's not cursing out there. Man, as a coach, I got a potty mouth. I don't know how he does it. So <laughs> I know. good for you, Philip.
0: Question number three. I love hearing that story. Run right, up right the score. Let's go. Like Jack Riley in the, the, the real hero of the Mighty Ducks movie, the coach of the Hawks. You know, Gordon Bombay is an alcoholic (laughs) booze bag who used hockey to, uh, you know, date Charlie's mom and then ditch her so he could go play minor (laughs) league hockey. But anyway, that's besides the point. (laughs) Quadrate Diggs, he's holding in. And he tweeted, can't deny me what I deserve yesterday. So I don't know if this situation is getting to a point of real contention or concern for the Seahawks that he might not be out there week one. But Diggs has played well here, and he wasn't getting paid that much when he was in Detroit. How do you think Seattle's going to play this bump?
1: I think they're going to slow play, like they've done everything else, like they did Jamal, like they're doing Dwayne. I think they're going to be really strategic and calculated in their moves. But I think something will be done. The Hawks have done a good job of at least trying to make players feel like they're appreciated you're not always going to get what you want because there is a salary cap and you know people say all the time you can move anything around and make it happen so i i would assume that the hawks are going to do something to satisfy Diggs, and he should man i mean pro bowler last year ledger teams and picks there's no denying what he does like he kind of gets overshadowed by jamal adams and bobby wagner right and then now the focus is on daryl taylor what's he going to look like oh you're bringing Kerry Hyder. Let's not forget the guy who holds down the vacuum when Jamal's in the box causing havoc. You know, there's a reason why you brought this guy over. Who, who was it before? Was it Thompson was, um, was the, uh, the safety before? We had Madugo Patrick. over there. Guys were cool, but they're not doing what Quandre Diggs does and have done for this football team. So I'm not mad at the dude. And, and people who get mad at athletes for wanting more money and holding in and holding out, man, you just don't understand how the game goes. If, you're, if he blows his knee out tomorrow, the Hawks will bring in the new guy and, and get rid of him. And that's just the nature of the business. So he has to make it be known that he wants more money. I think he deserves more money. If you look at his stats and you compare it to guys in the league who have done things that he's done, he's, not, he's, he's, he's underpaid. So, hey, I ain't mad at him, but I really believe the Hawks will get something done. I think they will, too. And the one thing that
2: people need to understand is that this, is, this did not just become an issue. In the, the entire time, for months, the, the order has been established that it was going to be Jamal Adams and then Quandre Diggs. And unlike the situation with Dwayne Brown, which we'll talk about in just a second, Seattle has indicated that it, it is going to engage in talks on an extension. So, yeah, may, maybe this is going to take a little longer than anybody wants. I, I, I do think something is going to get done. And like you said, Bump, there's just a lot of incentive on both sides. Like It wasn't that long ago that Diggs was getting pushed out in Detroit. He's landed in a great spot that showcased him, and he made a Pro Bowl. And I, 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 I do think that this one is going to be get, end up having a good
1: resolution. You got to keep your core pieces together, and he's one of those core pieces. You got, again... Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and I will put Quandre right behind those guys when it comes to essential parts of this defense. And you have to have conversations with him. Like, you can't. You can't, you can't go dark on them. You can't just disappear and say, look, we're going to table this thing. There has to be communication, right? It doesn't have to be done right now. It doesn't have to be done tomorrow. But there has to be a steady progression towards them making a deal. The worst thing you can do is kind of say, nah, Quandre, Quandre, we'll get you later. Let's worry about this. Now, nah, the man deserves some respect. And from what we hear, we saw how the Hogs handled the Jamal Adams deal. Five months it didn't get done. But when it was all said and done, it was clear that they were in communication the whole time. So I I think the Hawks will approach this situation the same way. That is Blue 42.